Twitter handle, at Religion of Woke, all one word. Come over and whisper some sweet systemic lies to me. So I want to talk about how the media lies. Well, I, I like to say that they lie, but that is a bit, a bit of hyperbole. I mean, when I say lie, what, it, what they really do is they deceive, which is different. So this is kind of related to yesterday's podcast, where it turns out the media and scientists have been deceiving the American public about um, whether or not it's possible that the that COVID came from a Chinese lab leak. And again, we don't know what happened, but there was a good hypothesis. There was a lot of evidence that it came from a lab leak, and all of that was suppressed for a year. And then the uh, David Frum at The Atlantic did an article. Maybe I'll... I forget the name of it. But anyways, uh, basically saying... Trump, 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 Trump. It was okay that we lied to you. Trump, Trump, Trump. Basically, you know, if Trump could have gotten some lift out of the truth, or, you know, Trump supporters could have been shown to not be, uh, you know, crazy QAnon people, then, you know, it's better to lie than to let those things happen. And again, every time I say lie, I mean deceive. So I just want to talk about... um, how uh, the media deceives the U.S. public. And they do it constantly, but they don't do it on every subject. You know, if the New York Times does an article on the history of banana bread, you can take everything they say in there to the bank, unless they bring up some sort of racial aspect, which they like to do, take a completely unrelated topic and try and shoehorn in some, some sort of systemic racism. And if the New York Times does a piece on, say, like the the new Ford truck lineup, you can pretty much believe what they're saying. Now, there might be something in that article meant to deceive the U.S. public, but it's probably not going to be from the media. You know, like maybe the the Ford truck guy is like, oh yeah, this this year is going to be much more reliable than last year. But, you know, he knows. He knows that ain't true. But uh, anyways, that might get into the article, you know, and they probably say something like, it's believed that this one should be more reliable than last year. And, you know, so anyways, you know, maybe they got deceived and the public got deceived from that article. So that ain't no lie. But when it comes to uh, the two big ones are Trump and race. On those two things, they, um, when I say they, when I say the New York Times, I'm just going to use them as a stand-in. When I say they, I mean the whole organization, not necessarily any individual person. Huh. Huh. Systemic line, I think. Systemic line exists. This is interesting. Something that does exist. But let's go over a few ways how systemic line is done so that you always have some sort of reasonable sounding denial. You know, it's not just like, oh, that was a straight out lie. Like, no, it wasn't a lie because of, you know, something, something. So one way you can do it is you get a writer who doesn't know no better. Like you get some young, black, just out of Ivy League college writer who's been lied to themselves, and so they now believe that racist cops are hunting black people. And I'll throw in my uh, famous caveat here, or not caveat, the famous fact that people should know, which is that all races are killed by cops proportional to the amount of violent crime that they commit. But anyways, the systemic line at the New York Times, they, uh, they get this young black, just out of college writer who believes, you know, who believes that racist cops are hunting black people. 
And then they just get them to write articles, you know, just write an article. And, you know, of course, every article is going to be about how racist cops are hunting black people. And so that gets to, the, like, you know, the definition of a lie versus just being wrong. So that writer is just wrong. They believe something that isn't true. So they're not lying. Like, they don't, they're not aware that, that, that racist cops ain't doing that. And then they say it, right? They think it's true. So they write it. So they're not lying. They're just wrong. But a young writer doesn't just write an article and then, boom, it's slapped on, you know, somewhere on the front page of the New York Times. There's a whole bunch of other people who look at that. And basically, those people, they know what's going on. You know, one of them has accidentally looked up the stats and been, holy crap, every race is killed proportional to the amount of violent crime. What we've been saying for the last year isn't exactly true. But anyways, instead of, you know, ringing the bell and saying, hey, all you editors, we got to stop doing this. No, they keep their mouth shut. And I can't prove it, but, you know, I bet, you know, over, you know, over the last year, I'm sure, you know, an editor here, an editor there accidentally looks up the stats and it becomes aware that what, the, what their paper's putting out ain't true, but they keep their mouth shut and they let it happen. And again, I can't prove it, but I think what they do is they're like, you know, like, say there's a, sh there's a shooting somewhere that's like, it's very complicated. The cops may be justified. So the editor just assigns that young black writer that they know will have a one-track mind and they know how they will portray it. And so they just put them on it, right? You know, okay, so the editor didn't lie. But in fact, I think the editor did lie. When you put someone in charge of a story who you know is going to misrepresent and the situation and deceive the American public then you're a liar. That's systemic lying. And for, like, Trump, I mean, you know, the 90% of, like, woke, you know, Ivy-educated writers are, uh, they've got Trump derangement syndrome. You know, they really think that Trump was, a ex was, is a threat, you know, worse than Hitler, a threat to American democracy, threat to everything. So that one's easy. You just put any of your writers in charge of a story about Trump, you know, they believe that he is about to be the equivalent of World War III, and so, whatever, they can just write what they believe to be true, and you can just put it out there. And then what you get is, once again, a deceiving of the American public. You do not get an accurate representation of the world. You get a very skewed representation. Okay, the next, the next kind of systemic line that they like to do is they like to do quotes from people that ain't true. The famous example of this that I like to turn to is uh, the Jacob Blake shooting. Jacob Blake was the guy who got shot and paralyzed in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Black guy. So if you go look up articles on that that happened in the first, I'm not sure how long, maybe, maybe first couple days, two, three days, Benjamin Crump, who's this kind of He's this black lawyer who represents, uh, you know, he did the George Floyd family, got them $27 million. He's famous for getting people a lot of money for, black, uh, yeah, for police shooting black people. And so every time there's a big famous shooting nowadays, the family hires him. I mean, you know, he gets, he gets people millions. He does a good job, really. But anyway, so the Jacob Blake family hired him. And so he went out and gave some sort of press conference, and he said... Jacob Blake was just going to an apartment to break up a fight between two women. You know, not, you know, okay, anyway, so that's what he said. And then places like the New York Times and, you know, a hundred other places 
at the top of the article, they would they would start the I mean you know like they would literally start the article. Well, maybe they'd have one sentence that says a guy named Jacob Blake was shot by police, and then the next sentence would be a quote of Crump saying he went there to stop a fight between two women. Now the truth truth if you don't remember was that he went there to take his girlfriend's car to steal his girlfriend's car his girlfriend who had a restraining order against him because he had repeatedly sexually assaulted her and you know not just you know i don't know what kind of normal boyfriend girlfriend rape is not so bad but i think his was his was the bad kind but obviously you know it's a whole it's a very different story where if at the top you say oh, he went back to that lady he's been raping or he went there to break up a fight between two women so now, you know, did the New York Times lie when they put that quote at the top? Well, I mean, it's definitely true that Crump said that. But, you know, if me from 2010 is reading that article, I'm like, oh, well, that must be what happened because the New York Times doesn't put, you know, false information in the first paragraph of an article. All right, they have some sort of system for double-checking that the people that they are taking quotes from ain't liars. So in this case, Crump was either misinformed or he was lying on purpose. I think with him, he, he lies on purpose. He, he kind of keeps doing that with, with his cases. I think on Micaiah Bryant, he lied about her not having a knife when I think he knew that she did. For instance, I think he said she was unarmed. So, you know, is a knife, if you have a knife, are you armed? But anyways, so that's, uh, you know, so there's your, there's another form, a second form of systemic lying, which is that you just, you take someone else who's lying, and then you just put it right at the top of your article. You know, and then I guess, you know, the New York Times are like, oh, we didn't lie, just this other guy was lying. We're innocent as the driven snow. He's the liar. Talk a little bit more about quoting lies. You have a responsibility to make sure that the people you are quoting are telling the truth. Like the New York Times, they can call me right now, and I will tell them that aliens landed yesterday, and we had a tea party. It was amazing. I mean, if that were true, that would be the biggest story in the history of humanity. But obviously, they're not calling me and printing that lie, because they know what lying is, and they know that they're responsible for what they print. Okay, a third way to do some good systemic lying is to only show parts of a video. So I was talking about the Micaiah Bryant case. That's the case where a 16-year-old girl, a cop rolls up, you know, and you got his body cam. He rolls up to a call. A giant, a humongous female, even though she's 16, is, you know, is in this crowd of, they're all black, these black kids. Turns out they're all young. And she's got a knife, and she's running around trying to kill other black teenagers. And right as she's about to plunge her knife into the neck face region of another teen girl, a cop shoots her. Stops her. It was a good shoot. It was a great shoot. Stop trying to kill people, and you won't get shot. But anyways, one of the big three nightly news shows, and I think a ton of outlets did the same thing. But basically, they would just they would show the video, and then they would stop it right before she's plunging the knife in and then they would go to her on the ground you know so it's like there she is running around maybe you know you probably can't see the knife very good and then she's on the ground dead so you know is 
let's just say it's NBC Nightly News. You know, are they lying? Well, I mean, they showed you the real video. They didn't show you all of it, but what they showed you was the real video. So, you know, I consider that a lie. It's definitely part of systemic lying. Okay, and so now, boy, this is the, you know, this is the hardest one to prove, but it's the one that is the most common. It's the one that is, whatever, it's make, made me dislike the media the most. This, I mean, this is the big one. This is the big daddy where they deceive America so hardcore. And that's, they just, they weight different subjects disproportionate to the amount that they deserve. You know, so for every unarmed black person who's killed by cops, there's two unarmed white people killed by cops. And yet, every year we get about, you know, maybe four to eight stories of unarmed people getting killed by cops, and every time it's a story about a black person. So, you know, they could be doing, let's say, six stories about an unarmed black person and 12 stories about unarmed white people, then I guess that would be the, whatever, that would be representative of reality, not trying to deceive. Or in a country of 330 million, million, they really shouldn't be talking about it that much. You know, if 40 people get, unarmed people get shot by cops, and you know, like I say, most of those are white, and a bunch of them are Hispanic too. In a country of 330 million, 40 people being killed is just, it's it's beneath a rounding error, error. It's nothing. So basically, you know, they can mislead the public into thinking that Cops are racist, so that's what they do. They could also mislead the public into thinking that cops are going around shooting unarmed people in general, which would be better than what they do, but they don't. But anyways, that would also be, mis be misleading. Or they could, you know, the public could get the idea that, oh my God, if you're unarmed, you're, you know, you're going to get struck by lightning twice before a cop kills you. And that would actually be, you know, a, a correct picture of reality. And I think they justify some of this in their minds by saying they're, helping black people, but uh, I believe there is zero evidence that it's helping. In fact, there's lots of evidence that it's hurting. Basically, white people on the left like to read articles about that. So, you know, you know, why, why do they do so much lying on that, systemic lying on that subject? Because white people love to read those articles about how, whatever, whatever, about how black people are so put upon. And they don't know that they're, you know, they think they're helping, I guess it's, yeah, they think they're good people. Like, oh, I'm helping black people by reading about how black people are treated so unfairly. Not even realizing that they're hurting black people. I guess I should mention, so, the Black Lives, you know, George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, protests, riots, etc. Uh, increased the number of black people who got murdered by 2,000. So, that wasn't, uh, that was a coincidence. Those things are the cause and the result, in my opinion. Another thing that's done is changing the definitions of words. And this isn't just the media, you know, this is academia, this is the media. It's basically just highly educated white people across the nation. And some highly educated black people that are doing this. Like, you know, the big word that's going around now is white supremacy. And like I say, it, it just, it means whatever you want it to mean. You just throw it in there when you want to say, like, that something is racist or that America is racist. You know, it used to be like, oh, a real white person who hated black people, right? That was white supremacist and white supremacy. But now it means, well, like, for instance, if a black person gets shot by a cop, you know, that's white supremacy. 
you know, and you know, and don't ever don't mention the fact that two white people just got shot. Or if, you know, white people make more money than black people, that's white supremacy. And don't mention the fact that, you know, black people are much younger than white people. Basically, anything that sounds unequal, even if it isn't unequal at all, you just label it white supremacy. And so with this new, just, you know, very amorphous definition of the word white supremacy... You know, now now that, you know, they didn't invent the word, but now the New York Times, they can write article after article where they say that, you know, this is an example of white supremacy. And that's not, a, you know, and they, I guess they're not exactly, you know, that's all part of the systemic line. But uh, when they say it's part of white supremacy, well, according to the new, new definition, which means whatever you want it to mean, it is part of white supremacy. Because everything is. I want to talk about a, another word here that... The definitions are changing or whatever and how it's, and it's used to deceive and that's a uh, systemic racism so I went to Google I typed in the uh, systemic racism examples you know like I want to see some concrete examples anyways I'm gonna read you a little bit from the, the top hit the USA Today article okay this is uh, according to some expert that they're interviewing this is you know what is systemic racism Answer, the complex interaction of culture, policy, and institution, institutions that holds in place the outcomes we see in our lives. Systemic racism is naming the process of white supremacy. You know, and I think that's about as good a definition as you can get out of people. You know, and as far as examples go, there's your examples. Zero examples. And a bunch of word salad. The next good way to systemically lie is to put out articles before you know the whole truth. And boy, this really this really applies to police shootings. Basically, on the first day, you can put out an article that, you know, you don't know all the, you know, the resisting arrest and bad stuff that the black person, but the victim did, the black victim did. You just know that a cop shot them. So, you know, the editors are like, quick, I want 10 articles about this black person getting shot, and I want them all out in the next 12 hours. And when it turns out, you know, a week later that they weren't unarmed, oh, they had a knife, or whatever, you know, they had a knife and they were a rapist, it's too late. You've had these 10, you know, I've had 10 or more articles just sitting in your, uh, sitting there for people to read, and they, you know, they've got their impression, and now you don't write any more articles after that. You know, now is this systemic line? Maybe they just like to be quick. You know, they're quick on the draw and they get stuff wrong. Well, again, this gets up to, you know, the whole system, the editors and everyone, the publishers. Because someone in the higher up thing, higher up uh, part of the system, you know, they're going to notice that, huh, you know, the last six cop shootings, after several days, it turned out to be more complicated. Like, you know, all of the last six turned out to be more complicated. So for them to, like, just let the uh, articles fly off the shelf at the beginning, uh, I'm going to say that's a systemic lie. I mean, just think of the headline, you know, 16-year-old black girl shot by cop. And then, the you know, the body of the article is like, the name, you know, Micaiah Bryant was 16 and she was shot and killed by a cop. And that's all it's known. And to make the article a little bit longer, you know, you say, oh, this is the 
city that she's from. Uh, maybe the police department was investigated by the Justice Department for something, you know, for race-related things, uh, you know, in 2002. So anyways, there you go. You got, you got, you got yourself a nice article for all the, the woke white liberals who uh, read your paper. And then when it comes out a day or two later that she was in the middle of trying to murder someone, well, who cares? You already got your article out. Okay, another one is uh, anonymous sources. So maybe, you know, this source that they're not going to name lies to them and they just print it. And so it's basically the same thing as like printing Crump's lies. But I feel like it's a little different because it's harder to uh, check the chain of custody of the lie to, li you know, of who lied to who in what order until it got out on the front page. So the, the famous example of it, to me anyways, is uh, the Officer Sicknick death that happened in the that attack on the Capitol by the, the riot, the Capitol Hill riots. So, I mean, they did, they did a couple other, they did some other systemic lying, like, quick, give me a million articles saying that Trump supporters killed a police officer before we find out that it's complicated and that ain't what happened. But anyways, they said that he had been hit over the head with a fire extinguisher. Like, he died the next day. Everyone knew that. But anyways, they quoted anonymous sources who said he was hit over the head with a fire extinguisher. It turns out that was not true. He died of natural causes the next day. But, you know, anonymous sources, that could be. Maybe you just wanted to say whatever, you, you know, basically you can say whatever you want and attribute it to anonymous sources. So I'm not saying what, that's what they do in general, but... It makes it even sketchier. And I think they knew, like, within a day or so that there was something fishy with it. But they kept saying it. Okay, good. There's another form of lying. They know that, you know, they've been saying that something happened, like a police officer got killed by Trump supporters. And they know something's fishy about it, but they don't know for sure what happened. So they just keep saying with certainty that he was killed by Trump supporters until it is absolutely certain that he wasn't. So, you know, saying that you know something for sure when you ain't sure at all, that's a form of lying. Uh, another way you do it is if you can get someone who seems to be, like, you know, an official person on the subject, and they lie, well, then you just quote their lies. So, you know, the good example of this is this Wuhan lab leak hypothesis where, you know, scientists got together and signed papers saying uh, it didn't happen. There's nothing to look, there's no reason to look into that. There's no way it could have happened, which was not true. But then, you know, that gives the media perfect cover to uh, whatever, write their stories about how it couldn't be true. Hey, look, 100 scientists said it couldn't be true. And, you know, and now we find out the scientists were systemically lying, and so were they. And they all had Trump derangement syndrome. And then this is, you know, and this one is actually, this is a classic one. It has nothing to do with being woke. This is what they've been doing for years and years. But like, if a government official something, if a government official says something, then the media will just print that out as the truth. You know, like for instance, if they say that Iraq has weapons of mass destruction, then you just print that out as the God's honest truth. I guess unless it's Trump's administration, in which you say, in which case you say. Whatever they say, the truth is the 180-degree opposite. Which I think that's some sort of systemic lying on the media's part also. You know, like when Donald Trump's government says the kids aren't in cages, well, that's a lie. And then when Biden's government says, oh, the kids aren't in cages, like, oh, okay, sweet. 
We'll ignore all those pictures of kids in cages that are happening right now. Okay, thanks for listening, you liar, you deceiver, you person who was deceived and is passing on the deception. Bruh, damn it.